Amen. I sense faith in the house. Proverbs chapter 28, Proverbs chapter 28. I want to speak to you this evening about confidence. I want to speak to you about fearless confidence, fearless confidence. Someone say fearless confidence. Fearless confidence. By the way, we are, we are going to go live on YouTube. Are we live? Praise God. Help me welcome our, our, our Facebook and YouTube family. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you are blessed. Amen. So we're talking about fearless confidence. There is a certain level of confidence that God wants us to operate and live with, to operate in this life with. And I believe that a life that is not lived confidently is a life that is at best lived or half-lived. Does that make sense? So a life that is not lived confidently at best is a life that is half-lived. Because so much of life, so much of the experience of life, the beauty of life depends on our willingness or our ability to live confidently. Confidence is boldness. Confidence is an assurance with which we live and with which we approach life. Confidence is a posture you assume based on what you are sure about. Confidence is what you are sure about um, or, or it, it is what you are sure about that determines the quality of your confidence, okay? It is what you are sure about that determines the quality of your, of your confidence. Confidence is the feeling of, um, of belief that you can have faith or you can rely in something or someone. That's what confidence looks like. So let's look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. We're just going to study the Word of God, and, um, and I'm hoping that, um, as always, my, my prayer is that as you step out of here, whatever you hear, you become the Word you hear. Amen. Amen. I said you will become the Word you hear. Amen. Hallelujah. That means that by the time we finish, uh, uh, if the will of God is going to be done, which it will, it will mean that all of us will be a little bit more confident, fearlessly confident than we were when we first came in. Life will experience, will, by the time you step out of here, life will say something has changed about you. You're coming at me a little bit differently. What's up? Where have you been? You've been to that Radiant City Church, haven't you? Amen. <laughs> You've been drinking that gunpowder soup. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 says, the wicked flee when no one pursues it. By the way, do you like that picture? I like that picture of the lion on there, amen. Every time I look at that, that, that lion, I'm like, amen. It says, it says, the wicked flees when no one pursues, but the righteous. I was checking to see if we have any righteous people in the house. It says, but the righteous. Hey, come on, Facebook. Are you righteous? If you're righteous, just type the righteous. I'm the righteous. He says, he says, he says, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Any righteous people in the house today? Come on, put your hand up. Say, I am the righteous. Therefore, I am as bold as a lion. Come on, declare it. Remind yourself. Say, I am the righteous and I am as bold as a lion. Amen. Something is wrong when a lion isn't bold. Amen. Something is wrong if you're, you, you know, you can tell, you know, it, 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 I like to use my examples with my children. I can tell that my children are not feeling well when they're not running up and down at a certain part. There is, there is a certain time of the day when they're climbing you and they're doing all kinds of things. And if that's not happening, you know, what's up? 
because something is not what it should be. Are you with me so far? Something, it, it, there is something perverted in the image of a lion that is not bold. There is something wrong when a lion runs when he's supposed to be walking or majestically strolling towards something. And it is not a mistake that the Bible describes the righteous as bold as a lion. Because as the righteous, you are meant to be bold. You are meant to be majestic. You are meant to be confident. There ought to be a quiet assurance about you. You're not supposed to be flapping around like a rat. You're a lion. And so you walk with, a, with, with just a confidence and a majesty about you if you're not sure maybe i should have got a video but I, but I encourage you go on youtube don't do it now okay do, do it later go on youtube and go, go go check out what a lion looks like look at how it walks look at how it approaches life look at how it walks like it owns the whole place you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus and the righteous are as bold as a lion Amen. There is something wrong when, when the righteous are, are hiding from life. There is something that is not right about us as believers when we settle for being on the sidelines as opposed to walking in the middle of, of the will of God or in the middle of where things are happening, either standing or advancing. Amen. And so I want to ask you a question today. What level of confidence are you operating in? Amen? What level of confidence are you working with in your life, at your workplace, in your home, as you plan for your future, as you anticipate the next season of your life, as you believe God for what you are believing God for, as you are making plans for this new month, as you are stepping into next month, as you anticipate what God will do next year, as you anticipate, as you approach your work, what level of confidence are you operating in because something is perverted if you are not operating in the level that a lion would approach life at? The righteous are as bold as a lion. I said the righteous are as bold as a lion. One more time, someone say, I am the righteous and I am bold as a lion. Come on, I want it to sink in you. Say, I am the righteous and I am bold as a lion. If you examine the history of mankind, you will, you will find that, every, that the great achievers are people of great confidence. Great, I'm not, I'm, talking, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about people who have achieved good things, but particularly those who achieve evil things are, 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 are people of such great confidence in the evil that they have imagined. Amen? Uh, people who are sure about their purpose, people who are sure about their mission, people who have an assurance about who they are and what they are for, these are those who achieve great things. That is why God makes us bold as a lion. So, 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 so what are you sore about? What level of confidence are you operating in? So much of life will yield to the level of confidence with which you approach it. I'll say it again. So much of life will yield to the level of confidence with which you approach it. Life is looking for people who are to, confident to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of God is not, is not in a passive place. The will of God is not in a passive place. The will of God needs to be snatched. 
The will of God needs some people to just get up there and say, no, no, this city of London belongs to my king. I'm not going to sit back and watch the enemy ruin the lives of my children. I'm taking this nation back. The kingdom of God requires some people to be bold enough to say, no, I will sponsor the kingdom, even if it means me working overtime. It takes confidence to say, I'm going to work overtime to sponsor the kingdom. It requires, it requires extra stretch. Amen. Amen? The, the, the will of God is not in a passive place. The will of God is not in an ordinary place. Are you with me so far? So much of life will yield to the level um, of confidence with which you operate. So this is why, uh, and this is why people are able to commit heinous crimes, uh, you know, uh, in humanity and get a huge following because they were confident. Amen. Confidence makes a difference. Even when you're lying, confidence can turn a lie, make a lie look like a truth, like the truth. You know I'm right. Don't shout me down. Ladies, you will, uh, you will agree to this. You know, there was that guy who told you, you know, <laughs> you know what he told you. Amen. I'm not going to say what he told you, but he told you what he told you because we, we say different things. And, 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 and a real player, don't ask me how I know I'm not a player. Amen. But, but, but that's what they said. Amen. <laughs> what they would do is, is really believe in what they're saying. The truth is that you didn't even believe that, that they would blow your mind. They said, baby, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your father. I'll take care of your mother. You looked at his shoes, and you knew this guy can't even take care of himself. But somehow you believed him. Why? Because of the level of confidence with which he spoke. Amen. Amen. They're not going to say amen to that one, but you know it's true. Confidence is everything. What level of confidence are you operating in? Amen? What level of confidence do you have the audacity to walk in? And so I'm asking you to really think about, maybe, maybe let's put a scale to it. I want you to really think about it, because this is important. This is the message I have for you to challenge your, your posture, to challenge your approach to life. How have you been dealing with your work? How have you been approaching your, the things you're believing God for? How confident are you in the purpose of God for your life? How confident are you as a believer? What has, what has your posture been? Has your posture been a hiding posture? Or has your posture been the posture of a lion? On a scale of 1 to 10, you don't need to shout it out, but I, I think it's good that you identify. Because the will of God is that you and I are as bold as a lion. Amen? Amen? On a scale of 1 to 10, what level of confidence are you operating in? The righteous are as bold as as a lion. Amen. Amen. The righteous are as bold as a lion. If you can be honest with yourself and say in this area of what I'm believing God for in my relationship, I've not been as bold, then today is a day of salvation. Today is a day to repent, to change your mind, because you are the righteous and the righteous are as bold as a lion. Maybe there are some confessions that you no longer make because of disappointments that you've experienced in life, but I came to remind you that you are the righteous, and the righteous are as bold as a lion. Maybe 
there is a project that you are approaching and you are worried that you might not have the skill that is required to do what you need to do, but I need to remind you that you are the righteous and the righteous are as bold as a lion. Maybe you're going for a meeting and you're not sure if you match up or if you are, if you are up to par with the people that you're going to meet with. I came to remind you that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Maybe there is some situation that you are dealing with and you've been procrastinating on dealing with that situation because you are not sure that you can handle it. I came to remind you that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Don't allow the enemy to keep you in a place that is not for you. Don't allow the enemy to turn, make you run like the wicked. It is the wicked who run when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hallelujah. Someone say one more time, I am the righteous. Come on, make this your weekly confession. I am the righteous and I am bold as a lion. Come on, talk it, say it again. I am the righteous and I am bold as a lion. I want you to stop being, stop, stop, you know, wake up in the night and something is moving downstairs. It's time for you to stop, you know, acting like, Ooh. no, no, you're a righteous person. Amen. <laughs> you're a righteous person. You are as bold as a liar. You open that door, walk downstairs, who's there? I bind you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Because you're the righteous. You are bold as a liar. Amen. We're not going to be running from stuff. Because you're the righteous. I'm going to keep saying that. Until, you know, sometimes, some, how many people know, I, I've said that a few times now, but you didn't hear it well the first time. The more I say it, the more it lands. The more you start to really think about the areas of life that you have been running like the wicked. No, you are the righteous. You are as bold as a lion. There are some areas of your thinking that you have not been seeing yourself as God sees you. God sees you as a mighty man of valor, Gideon. But here you are hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat in the wrong place just to get by, looking for ways to survive, not realizing that you are the king of the jungle. You are a, you, you are a lion. You are the righteous. You are bold as a lion. Amen. The tone of your prayer ought to change because you are the righteous. You are bold as a lion. You ought to stop praying wimpy prayers, praying prayers that have no authority in them, speaking like you are one begging God to do something. No, he has ordained you the righteous. You are bold as a lion. It's time to start declaring in the name of Jesus. I'm not intimidated by how long this thing has been. I am the righteous, and if I'm going to speak to you, I will speak as bold as the lion. Amen. Someone say, I am the righteous. Therefore... I am as bold as the lion. Amen? Now, the confidence or the boldness of the believer is important. There, there, there are so many things that we can, we, can, we can put our confidence in. But the confidence of the righteous is in God. Okay? The confidence of the righteous is in God. Look up, look up Psalms 20, verse 7. Is this helping somebody today? Psalm 20, verse 7. Hallelujah. The Lord is with us. I've been in the spirit. I've been praying. I've been asking God. I am, you know, I really do feel like um, every session we have is just so profoundly important. And it's going to shift the needle somehow in your life. Something is going to shift today. Amen. Amen. Anybody expecting? 
I came full of expectation. Something is going to shift today. Somebody say something is going to shift in my mind. Something is going to shift in my life. Come on, say it with confidence. Something is going to shift today. Amen. We might as well. I'm, I'm going to preach like Jesus is coming back after the service. Amen. I'm, I'm going to preach like, like, like you are facing some life or death. Because in many cases you are, even when you don't know it, there are small decisions that you are making that carry weight. And I'm praying that today you will go back with confidence because it will make a difference for generations. The book of Psalm 20, Psalms 20 verse 7 says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen? Some people trust in their degrees. Some people trust in their connections. Some people trust in their bank accounts. Some people trust in their, in their legal status. Some people trust in all kinds of things. But for the believer, our trust is not in any of those things. Our trust is in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Our trust is in the name of the Lord our God. If you knew how powerful that is, when he gave you his name, he gave you a powerful thing. When he gave you the blood, you know, just like when we talk about the blood of Jesus, when I was, when I was a young Christian, I used to think that when you plead the blood of Jesus, you are doing what they did. You are, you are spreading or sprinkling the blood. Uh, and there is a sense in which you are doing that, but really that is a legal term where you are standing up and where you are guilty and, the, you know, you stand before the judge and the judge will normally ask you, are you guilty or not guilty? How do you plead? Do you know how we plead? We plead the blood. Glory be to God. It's a legal thing when you step into the spiritual realm and you are walking with confidence and you're expecting things to change. You're not expecting things to change on your goodness. You're not expecting things to change based on how great you are. You are pleading the blood. When you show up in the spiritual realm, principalities and powers are wondering, who is this person? I look at them and maybe their robe is even dirty, but we don't come on the basis of our own robe. We come pleading the blood. Because our confidence is not in our name. Our confidence is in the name of the Lord our God. This is why the righteous are as bold as a lion. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Are you with me so far? We are the righteous and we are bold as a lion. We are bold as a lion. Think about your future boldly. Dream boldly. Pray boldly. Worship boldly. Love boldly, give boldly, forgive boldly. Whatever you do, do it boldly. Why? Because you are the righteous, and the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hallelujah. You are authorized to be bold. Amen. Get in there and strut yourself, your stuff like the lion. You, have you seen the lion walk? The lion walks like I own this place. Amen. Even check out the lion. Even in the safari, people are in the jeeps. He's just looking at you. What are you doing in my space? And he's just kind of strolling. I'm not moved by all those kinds of things. And that is who we are. The, the righteous are meant to be majestic. Remember, we're raising servant kings. You are meant to be majestic. You are meant to be composed. You are meant to be bold as a lion. You are the righteous. That's who you are. Amen. I'm challenging every area of your life where you have been running like the wicked. You are not the wicked. Stop running. No one is chasing you. You are the righteous. You are bold as a liar. Amen. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25 says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. Not if it comes, when. <laughs> Some things I just like to take away from the scripture. Some things I don't like when the scripture says. It says when. Amen. I wish it was if. Because he would mean, oh, look at that. That means I don't have to have trouble. No, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And then Jesus even went one, one step further. He annoyed me in that prayer. When, when I go to heaven, we're going to have a conversation with that. Because he says, I, Lord, I, I am praying that you don't take them out of this world. I'm praying that you leave them here. Leave them where, Lord? I, 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 amen. <laughs> look at that. But he says, he says, for the Lord will be your confidence, verse 26. For the Lord will be your what? Confidence. The Lord will be your what? The Lord will be your what? Confidence. What is who is your confidence? Who is your confidence? When you are, you know, sometimes when you're looking to be bold, there is something that challenges your audacity and you begin to shrink back. But I need you to remember that the one who backs you up is the Lord our God. The Lord will be your confidence. And I love this line. He says, and he will keep your foot from being caught. Glory be to God. He will keep your foot from being caught. Confidence looks like an assurance in the day of trouble. Everybody loses confidence when they're confident when there is no trouble. Amen. Everyone looks like the real deal when there is no pressure. Everybody looks good when there is no pressure. That is why if you are dating somebody and you have not yet faced pressure, it's not time to say, I do. Give it some time. See how they act under pressure. Because that will tell you the substance of a person. It is in days of trouble that the real person will be shown for who they are. You are, you are there is an evil day that everyone goes through, and it is the, your composure in those days that makes you who you are. Don't waste your evil day. Ah, I said something you don't want to receive. Amen. Don't waste your evil day. Evil day came and you were sidestepping evil days, not realizing that that was your moment of greatness. That was your moment to develop some muscle and face some things head on. Amen. There's some things you just got to deal with. Just stand through some, stop sidestepping stuff. Stand and walk through some stuff. Amen. Stand and, and, you know, have a friendship that lasts. Hello. Some stuff, you just got to walk through it. I don't have the answer, but I'm here until the answer comes. Amen. The righteous are as bold as a liar. Confidence looks like an assurance in the day of trouble. It's an assurance that you walk around with when every other person is in a terrorized state. It's a kind of assurance, a peace that you have. And the confidence of the righteous is based on this truth. It is based on the, it is, it is, it is that the Lord is my confidence, the Lord is my confidence, and he will not allow my foot to be caught. Amen. Amen? So I can walk boldly. I can step into dangerous ground. Not because I am all that in myself, but because the Lord is my confidence. And I don't need to be afraid of landmines. I can walk and I want my foot will not be caught in anything. Amen? He says he will not let your foot be caught. You know, the crazier, the, the crazier this world gets, and I, I, I don't know about you, sometimes I look around and, and the craziness that's going on around is just something else. Amen. Just the absolute confusion in the name of freedom, 
you know, uh, just the confusion that we are releasing in our world, thinking that somehow we know better than God. When we start to redefine certain things that God made quite clear in Scripture, what happens is that we end up with a very confused world where we don't know who's coming or who's going. It seems like it works in a certain kind of mind frame, mindset, and there is a logic in which you would make whatever you want to work, but the longer you live with what you want, especially when it's apart from what God has designed, the more you will see that the wisdom of God is everlasting. There is a reason he said he said certain things a certain way. And, and, and the, more, the, more I see, the more I see how crazy our world goes, the more I, I, I challenge myself to make sure that my confidence, particularly for us who live in the West, we can get to the place where our confidence is in the things, the systems that we have. Your confidence that you will live a healthy life can be based on the free, free health care that you have. Because you know that, you know, if you fall ill, whatever it is, to a certain degree, it will be covered. You might have to wait, but it will be covered. And so you have this confidence, but it's not a confidence that is in the right place. It's a confidence in a, confidence in a system, in the technology. Our confidence could be in our government more than ever before. I do believe that these are times to shift our confidence to the Lord. I, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what I do believe God is, going, God is saying to the church. We as the church, not just this church, but the wider body of Christ, it, that we are stepping into a season where you will definitely have to have confidence in God because everything else will be shaken. Amen. Everything, the, all the comforts that we experience, all the, all the, all the, 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 the things that, you know, even something simple as, as, as somebody standing on the side of the streets to preach the gospel, you can get arrested for that or at least pulled away by the police these days. And, 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 and it is important that if we are going to keep doing what God has called us to do, it is important that our confidence is not based on the fact that we live in a Christian country. Our confidence ought to be in the Lord. Amen? Our confidence ought to be in the Lord because he will keep your foot from being caught. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. These are days of great boldness. I believe that. As we're asking for the rain as a church, I believe that these are days of great boldness. I believe that these are days when you and I need to be bold as a lion. These are days when we're not going to be shying away from who we are at our workplace. People ought to know that you are a born-again believer. People ought to know that the hand of God is upon you, not by some religious kind of weird behavior, but by your kindness, by your love, by the power of God that is flowing in you. Your friend tells you at work, I've been having this migraine for months. Tell him, you know what? I do serve a God who can heal. Don't worry. I'll pray for you. Let me know how you feel tomorrow. And they'll come back tomorrow and say, you know what, that's gone. I prayed for you. Amen. We don't need to be weird about it. We just need to exhibit, just be bold. Tell your neighbor, be bold. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Therefore, we do not cast away our confidence, which has great reward. 
um, can you give it to me in the Amplified? I like how the, um, that's where I got the title, Fearless Confidence, from. In the Amplified, it says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. I love how the, other, I love how the, I love how the Bible uses words. It says, don't fling it away. Because there's stuff that can happen. <laughs> you just, <laughs> just fling your confidence away. Amen. I have an active imagination. Leave me alone. But look at this. It says, therefore, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. Why? For it has a glorious and great reward. There is a glorious and great reward that is attached to your confidence, and your confidence is attached to a, a person. His name is God. His name is Jesus. Are you with me so far? He says, the, the, the writer here was speaking to Jewish Christians who were facing all kinds of persecutions and all kinds of troubles. I'll let you go home and read the context of that. Uh, let me just encourage you as a, as a way to study. If, if you are not sure, you know, the, the, we, we have a lot of Bible plans and all those kinds of things that are available for you to study the Word of God. But I think a really good way to study the Word of God is when we look at Scriptures. Sometimes when we're preaching, we don't have time to read the before and after of the Scriptures. It's always good to make a note of it, go home, and then read the context and make notes in view of the things that we were talking about. Amen? That's a good way to study the scripture. There is something powerful that happens when you study what you heard at church. Okay? There is something amazing that happens when you're studying the same thing, and you're studying the same thing, and I'm studying the same thing. We are people of one mind, one accord. We're going in the same direction. We're listening to the same word. We're growing. We're chewing together, and our minds are being bound together and set in a particular direction. But he's writing here to people who are going through all kinds of challenges, um, and, and he's encouraging them to not throw away their confidence, to, not, to, 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 not, um, to, to stay in that place of assurance, that place of boldness, that place of confidence that they have. Because sometimes life challenges us in such a way that, that we start to feel less confident. Have you ever been to a place where you started off the day confident? But by lunchtime, you're a little bit less confident than you were when you started. Because life has a way of challenging us to the place where we start to feel less confident, less, less assured, less sure of what you used to be sure about. I was thinking about the story of John the Baptist. You know John the Baptist? He was a forerunner. He was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Anyone, anyone remember that, that guy? The forerunner of Jesus Christ, and, and, uh, and, and before Jesus shows up, he's, he, is, he is causing a scene. He is preaching the gospel. He is preaching fire and brimstone, telling you, you better repent, you brood of vipers. He's talking about Jesus Christ showing up. People are flocking to his church. People are talking about John the Baptist because of his boldness. He's baptizing folk. He's doing amazing things. Then Jesus shows up. He goes on to another level of boldness. He begins to tell them, don't come to my church. Go to that church because Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's a profound thing, even in those days, for, for a preacher to say, hey, don't follow me, follow that guy. Amen. And, and that's what John is doing. He says, don't follow me, follow that guy. He is the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says bold stuff, like I'm not even worthy to untie his shoelace. He's, he, he, he says those kind of really bold things. But later on in John, I think it's John, around about John 11, he, John gets arrested by Herod, who is, a, who is a, a maniac, a crazy man, 
uh, arrests John, puts John in jail, and John is now facing execution. And whilst he is in jail, in jail, this same John who was bold, this same John who was confident, this same John who preached all those messages about Jesus Christ, he is now in jail sending people, go ask this Jesus, are you the one or should we expect another? I thought you were the one who was confident that this is the Lamb of God. I thought you were the one who was prophesying, this is the Messiah. I thought you were the one who was pointing everyone to follow him. But now you are sending people to go and ask Jesus, are you the one we should follow or should we be looking for another person? Because sometimes life will get you questioning your God. Life will get you questioning whether, what are, is there any point? Why am I even going, have you ever been, can I, can I be real with you? Sometimes, you know, I don't know where you've ever been on the bus right there as you're going to church on a Tuesday evening. And, and you, what am I doing? Sorry. <laughs> you know, what, why am I doing this? And, and, and life will challenge you. I mean, just two or three real folk, Amen. Life will challenge you and you wonder, look, look, are, are, we, are we just playing? Are, are, we, are we just, is this just a religion? Is this just, you know, how, how what, what's going on here? That's what John, John was facing. And he's facing this situation and he, he, sends, he sends men, and, and uh, we can talk about that another day, because a lot of the time it is our expectation of Jesus Christ because John's expectation, even when John was preaching, the way he defined who Jesus Christ was, was the real problem. A lot of the times, it's not just the, it, our challenge is to make sure that all of our expectations are in line with the will of God. Amen? The Bible talks about the expectations of the righteous will not be cut off. But there is a challenge that we have when our expectations don't line up with the will of God. John's expectation was that Jesus will be this Messiah who will save him from the hands of the Romans. So here he is now in jail by the Romans. And John is his forerunner. John is not just, you know, his partner in ministry. John is his cousin. So here you are, you have a cousin who is supposed to be the Messiah to save you from the Romans, but yet your cousin is, is out there giving people fish and bread whilst you are in jail. <laughs> and, and John is like, dude, are you the one? Or should we, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, sometimes you think that by now, God should be sending that miracle money your way just because of how much you are under pressure. Don't shout me down. You know it's true. And then you show up and God, you're like, okay, God, God, are you still the God who can do these things? Where is that God? Amen. But regardless of all, the, all of those things, Paul is saying to them in, in Hebrews, I know you're dealing with things that are causing you to question your faith. Things that are causing you to wonder, do, did I even believe the right thing? Did I, am I playing when I gave? Was that a con or was that real? Does the word say to give? Am I supposed to love in the face of those kinds of things? And Paul is saying, whatever you do, do not throw away your fearless confidence because there is a glorious and great reward that is attached to your confidence in God. There is a reward attached in spite of everything that you have been through. Uh, maybe we'll talk about John the Baptist another day because John, whilst John is in jail and John's head was cut off. 
And if you stop the story there, you would think, what kind of Messiah is this who will allow John's head to be cut off? That is because you thought that God's mission on earth was to keep John alive forever. But that was not his mission. His mission was that John would be the forerunner of Jesus. So Jesus Christ is here now. John, it's time for you to go. How you go is not the matter, but you're going. I'm going to leave that alone. But, but, but we're not ready, and, and I think some of the, some, some of the and, and I, I don't think that us as preachers, we have done well with preparing the church for really what we are called to do, because, because we tend to just stay in this place where our mission is self-preservation. Our confidence, our faith is about preserving yourself, but not realizing that God did not call you to preserve yourself. He says, until you die, until you give up who you are, until you are ready to be shown up, you're not ready to be used by him. We got to change our mind. I see a new generation of Christians. I see a new generation of believers. I see a new generation of people who are not given to self-preservation, who believe the word of God concerning their protection, concerning their provision, but who believe God more than they believe his promises. People who believe in the person of God, who know that even in the worst of situations, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Because even when I don't understand my understanding is limited, but his understanding is unsearchable. God is not only good when you understand how he's doing it. God is good even when you don't understand, when it doesn't look like it. And God is raising a bunch of people who are stuck to God like glue. People who are just fearless in their confidence that regardless of what the enemy throws at them, they will not relent. We will not give up our confidence in this God because it carries a great recompense of reward. I thank God for Peter and Paul and John. I thank God for James who all died horrible deaths because it is because of their fearless confidence that you and I can stand where we stand today. And I'm calling you to be one of those people who will believe God for the best in your life but more than that you are standing with confidence in a person there is reward I pray that our children will thank God for our lives I pray that our children will give God praise that we believed even when it was hard that we walked through life even when it was difficult God is looking for people who will operate with confidence in him your confidence will pay off look at second second chronicles chapter 16 let me show you this let me show you this quickly second chronicles chapter 16 are you with me so far one more time, someone say, I am the righteous. I am, righteous. I am, bold, I am bold as a lion. As a lion. My, boldness, my boldness, come on, say it with me. My boldness, my boldness will, pay will pay off. Second Chronicles 16, I want to just show you what God is looking for. It says in verse 9, it says for the, Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro the whole earth to show himself strong. On behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. You see, confidence is an inside job. Confidence on the outside is burst by confidence on the inside. 
when your heart is tied to him, then you're going to act confident. Now, if you go, go and read the story, you will find that the background of this story is that God had done amazing things in the lives of this king, Asa, uh, king of Judah. Yet God had done amazing things, but yet the man did not have confidence in God. He went to the king of Syria to look for help when he had the God of all creation. And so the prophet comes to him and he says to him, listen, God uh, recounts to him the miracles that God had done in times past and, says, uh, and then says to him, God is looking for people. He said, the last battles that you fought, you did not win them. He won them for you. God is looking for people who have confidence in him. Yeah. Amen? Confidence in him. And he says, he says, God is, is looking for people who, who, who have that kind of loyalty to him, who have that kind of confidence to him, because he's looking to show himself strong. Let me show you a case study first. First Samuel chapter 14. I love this scripture. Hallelujah. It's one of my favorite scripture in the, scriptures in the Bible. Anytime I want to get some more hair on my chest, I go find the scripture. Sorry, that's not a good image that you want, but anyway. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 1 says, Now it happened that one day that Jonathan, the son, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, he said, Come, let us go over to the Philistines. Someone say boldness. boldness. Come on, someone say confidence. confidence. That's what confidence looks like in, 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 in practice. Amen. We don't want to be confident in church in just how we're declaring. So I want to show you what confidence looks like in practice. Amen. Now it's good that you start confidence in church. Don't, don't, amen. Are you with me so far? Okay. So look at this. It says, come, let us go over to the, to, to the Philistines garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Verse two says, and Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migram. The people who were with him were 600 men. Now, let, let me read up to verse four. Verse, verse three says, verse three says, Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's, Ichabod's brother, the son of the Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, we can preach on all of these things, was wearing an ephod, but the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. What does verse four say? It says, between the passes, between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over the Philistines, Gary says, okay, if, if, before, if you look at from verse 1 to verse 3, if you look at the image, that what was painted there, you had a king who was sitting under a tree with 600 soldiers and a, and a priest who was wearing an ephod. In other words, everything that is required for a person to look confident, they had, but they were sitting under a tree. My prayer is that I'm not just going to look confident, but I will be confident. Amen. Amen. A lot of us as Christians, we, we mistake the look of confidence, the look of a king as the behavior of a king. Saul is looking like a king who has all of his army, who has all of the priests, but he does, in fact, the priests that he has, is, <laughs> Eli is the family, you know Eli, Eli was a forsaken priest, the priest that God was no longer with. But Eli, but, but Saul was there acting like he's the king with a priest that doesn't have access to God. May the Lord deliver you from men of God who don't have access to God. He says he's, he's sitting there with a priest that doesn't have access to God. He's sitting there with an army. It is important you watch who you surround yourself with because the people you surround yourself with can make you think that you are confident when indeed you're in and amongst a bunch of wusses. 
all of these 600 men all walking around with their swords and their armor, all of them were not confident, as confident as they look. It is time to invest in authenticity like never before. I am tired of looking the part, but not being the part. It is time to be the part that you're trying to look like. And so here he is sitting on the tree. Now check out verse 5. Check out verse 5. Oh, sorry, verse 4. It says, between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over uh, to the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side uh, on, on one, and a sharp rock on the, on the other side. Isn't that, isn't that, these are the times when we tend to lose confidence. It's one thing when you have a sharp situation on one side. But it's another thing when there is a sharp rock on this side and a sharp rock on this side. That's a difficult place to go to. And the name of one was Bozes, and the, 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 the name of the other was Sine. Some of you, the name, the name of one rock is your work. The name of the other rock is your relationship. Mm, so, some, 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 some other people, the name of one rock is money. The, the, the other rock is crazy boss. <laughs> the name of, you know, you can just name your, amen. They, they named, some rocks are just so permanent, you got to give them a name. Well, leave that little. <laughs> but verse 5, look at this, look at, I want to paint a picture of confidence. He says, the front of one faced northwards opposite Michmash, and the other southwards opposite Gibeah. Verse 6, we're going to go up to verse, verse 15. It says, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, sometimes all you need is one person. Saul is with 600 people, and they're all treating him like king. And he's feeling good, I'm the boss, sitting under a tree. Jonathan is with one man. May God give you this one man. Amen. Hallelujah. All, where, all God is looking for is one man. Just one crazy friend that will just say, hey, babes, go do it. If you fail, we'll pick you up together. Hey, brother, let's go for it. Regardless of what's happening, let's go for it. He says, come on, let's go over to the garrison of this uncircumcised. Someone say confidence. It may be that the Lord will work for us. And he says, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by a few. When your confidence is in people, you will be sitting under the tree when you should be advancing. When your confidence is in the Lord, even when you have one person who doesn't even have a rank on him, he is just an armor bearer, yet you will have, uh, you will have the audacity to go between sharp rocks. Verse 7, he says, so his armor bearer said to him, I like this kind of people. This kind of people make me happy. He says, do all that's in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. May the Lord send you armor bearers like this. May he send you friends that will say, go do everything that God has placed in your heart. I'm not just going to be praying for you from the side, but I am with you. Verse, verse 9, verse 9 says, I want to show you how the Lord shows up for people who have confidence in him. He says, then Jonathan said, very well, let's cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. Confidence looks like showing yourselves to stuff. Amen? It, it, is like, it, it is not hiding from stuff. It is showing yourself. It is appearing in the midst of the, the, the difficult situation. The thing that is challenging you, it is going up and saying, okay, I'm not just going to, I'm going to count up the debt and say, okay, how much debt am I in? I, I brought, it, brought it home. You, amen, you, your, your amen went down quickly. It, 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 you, you're believing God for, for debt cancellation? Bring out the bills. 
Let's face the bills and consider how much debt am I facing? That's what confidence looks like. It looks like I'm going to deal with this. I'm not just going to say, God, God, God. No, no, no. Deal with it. Okay, neighbor, deal with it. Because they're not, they're not saying amen, amen. I just need help in preaching this. So, so look at this. He says, he says, he says in verse 9, he says, if they, if they say to us, if they say thus to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in the place and not go. In fact, let's just go to verse 15 because this is, this is just going to keep me distracted. What does he say in verse 15? Let me show you how God shows up, how God responds. So here we have Jonathan. He's facing two sharp rocks. He decides, I'm not going to go to the side of these rocks. In fact, the reason it is, this was such a profound victory was that the, the, the circumstances, if you understand how, you know, the circumstances were just, normally you don't expect people to go through a sharp rock like that and then climb up to fight an army. Amen? Two men, there is an army on the other side, you, you, you are like lame ducks, you're sitting ducks because you're, you're, you're coming in a place where you are caught and, and, and you have to climb. If you read the story, you'll find that Jonathan and his armor bearer had to climb with both hands to go and fight the, 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 the enemy. And, and that is unheard of because what you're trying to do is, is like the enemy is up there and you have a place to climb up here and you have told them that you are here. He announces, hey, I show myself to them. They see him, and, 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 and it's a dangerous place because now he's got to keep his sword and his shield on this side and climb, and everybody is free game for anyone. But the confidence to face that difficult situation and, and, and come up to that place. Now, see what God did. He said, give me verse 14. What does verse 14 say? Hallelujah. He says, that first slaughter with Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within, within about half an acre of land. The thing that you are afraid of, God is going to give you a supernatural victory when you go with confidence. There are things that you thought, there are things that while Saul is afraid and acting like he is king, when in reality he is he's, he's, he's not confident, Jonathan goes in confidence in God and God helps him take down the thing that is scaring others. And I love verse 15 because you see a supernatural element to this. And there was a trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled. Now check what God did. And the earth quaked so that, a, so that it was a very great trembling. I like to think that God just came down. God saw a man who was so confident in him that he will step out with one man and based on his confidence in God. And God says, I've got one man with me. I've got to come down. And God came and shook the carpet. I told you I have an active imagination. He came down and just kind of, let me help you. And so these men, I want, God is shaking the ground. You know, God shows up when you act in boldness. One time, jo Joshua is fighting. God came from heaven. He begins to throw stones from heaven. <laughs> amen. Hailstones, amen. I, I, I would have loved to go and pick up those stones because they said the streets of heaven are paved with gold. So I'm sure that the stones would have been gold. Those people would have died a royal death. <laughs> so after the battle, we go pick up the stones that God threw. Amen. But, but, but look at this. God showed up and there was a great trembling. And these people were defeated. I'm, I've come to tell you that there is a glorious reward attached to your confidence. Regardless of what it looks like. Please listen. Regardless of what it looks like, circumstances will come that will shake your confidence. 
circumstances will come that, like John, you can't see. Some, some circumstances will look like it has ended in failure, but your story is still being written. Amen. Your story, if you read John the Baptist's story when they cut off his head, you would think this God is a liar. This God doesn't know what he's doing. How can he have a servant who dies that kind of death? But the reality is that God is good. And if you stay with the confidence that you have in him, there is a glorious reward waiting for you. Amen? One more time. Someone say, I am the righteous, and I am as bold as a liar. If you believe that, why don't you give the Lord a lion's roar, a shout of praise today? Hallelujah! Hallelujah!